0: Hello and welcome to the Art of Oppression podcast. These podcasts offer the opportunity to hear from artists and or activists who express and articulate their experiences of oppression or inequity using creative means. My name is Patricia Francis. If you listen to the last the Art of Oppression podcast, you'll know that I've been in conversation with and Patel. And I'm pleased to say we can continue that conversation now.
1: Hey, good to be back.
0: Good, good that you are back. Hattain, I'm, as you know, I'm interested in voice and there is a real sense of Hollywood, um, without doubt, in your more recent works. But for me, there is also a strong sense of voice, family and culture in your pieces. In particular, for me, a strong female presence. Um, Does that resonate with you?
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, Definitely, you know, the Hollywood thing is definitely... um, an aspirational aspect um, that I'm interested in. You know, I love Hollywood movies, but also in terms of being something that I feel like we as marginalized people should have access to um, in in creating. Um, And so that's definitely at the the core of um, why I make these kind of films. Um, And then the female presence, um, yeah, I mean – I guess you know I, I've only more recently started articulating this more, but I grew up in a matriarchy, You know, I, I, one of my granddads I never met, and one of my didn't meet us much at all. So we were kind of raised by our grandmothers at the heads of our families, and, and you know, the more if, if I think of the the cultural specificity of the Indian side of my family, you know, it's always the women in the family that are the you know, keepers of our traditions and our rites and rituals and recipes and our language. And, and and I think about that more and more, especially in the UK, as the older immigrant generations are dying out. You know, we're losing people and you sort of worry about what we're going to lose. Yeah. And so the people I'm turning to, you know, over the last five, ten years, I've been learning all my mum's recipes. You know, I've been trying to be conscious about speaking Gujarati more. I've been, you know, when when you have weddings and funerals and all of those sort of things it's the women who lead those ceremonies Mm. because they know the history and how it goes through you know so it's kind of yeah I think that's just something that happened in my family and you know right through to my own uh, siblings you know it's my sister who was the real revolutionary in our family that opened things up for us culturally um, and sort of really led the way for you know various um, non-Indian marriages and things that happen in our family you know she led she sort of uh, changed our family in that way
0: yeah and and i'm thinking about trinity and don't look at the finger because uh, you know there is a a very strong female presence there obviously um Mm. and i just wonder how conscious or unconscious you are of that female representation in your work
1: um maybe i was less conscious in don't look at the finger in, in don't look at the finger it was more about um, just mo- you know maybe yeah I guess it's the same in Trinity in a way it's just a it's just a push against normativity um, in in any sense you know heteronormativity or or like um, things that we expect that are oppressive you know like so in, in, in kung fu movies the, the usual is that if if there happens to be a, a female uh, protagonist, she's always small and dainty and she sort of kicks everybody's ass,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know. And so in Don't Look at the Finger, I didn't want that. It, you know, I, I, I Vicky, who plays the bride, you know, she has such masculine qualities to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she you know, she's, you know, much more aggressive than Freddie, um, who plays the groom. And so I, I wanted to change up that... Um, that dynamic between them, mm. um, to, uh, and and it's not just kind of um, this idea of wanting to make things fairer or representation. It's not just that; it's, it's just more interesting. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and I, and I think that about race representation, about ethnicity in the work. About you know, we we're saturated with so many stories and Netflix and all that sort of thing. It's like, but we just it's just boring to see the same thing just just for even if you just think of boredom and just wanting more variety yeah, yeah. you know you, you don't don't just want one kind of chocolate bar I want no, all of it
0: exactly them. the plurality of it all and and you know in mm. trinity um, where, where there is the challenge to the arranged marriage and again the the female protagonist isn't a typical female you know ju- ju- the, mm. the the norm which again you know uh, uh, works and uh, is making a a, a statement uh, you know uh, in uh, that needs to be made yeah about representation expectation stereotyping people and cultures so yeah but 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 still that you know that 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 strong female sensibility that for me comes through your work the uh, work by this male direct to this male artist. And I I think it's really, really interesting and it was very strong for me.
1: Thank you. I was just going to say, I I think partly for me, it's it's, it's, again, on one hand, it's like move away from, wanting to move away from how we're usually presented with things uh, because it's more interesting and it feels Mm. expansive. And then secondly, also, you know, I'm, I'm learning myself by doing all of this as well. You know, I feel like I've learned a lot just from being being married to my partner for the past 10 years, you know, of, of my own uh, male privilege in mm. my own blind spots and, and all of that. So, you know, that's been a learning experience for me, which I've really valued. And um, so I, I think the things that come out in my artwork are always expressions of the places where I'm learning things as well.
0: Uh, what does voice mean to you then?
1: It, I guess, you know, it's always this, I feel like I always have this fear of not being understood. Um, you know, and it, I guess that deeply comes from, from, from racism. Mm. You know, it's like, you know, if, if, if you're treated or seen or acted against in a particular way, but you can't understand why that is you know you feel like you've not done anything you are you, just not being understood you know it's like how is it po- and and it's there's almost an impossibility of being understood you know of, of not being whatever people say you are or mm. you know that sort of thing so i think vo- i think to be able to have a voice in in a way that you feel represented by it or that feels like it expresses you is a, is a huge privilege um and it's not something that we're all good at and i'm not saying i'm good at it all the time but i think art allows me a place to, to think about this to hone this and to um yeah have, have a bit more success with, with the voice i'm able to have you know, and that that privilege of expression mm. and language we, we don't habit
0: to uh, earlier on you said um that um y- your work is socio-politically motivated so mm. is that is that in a way your voice coming out through your work
1: yeah yeah i suppose it is yeah it's kind of I, i'm I, i'm not just interested in just expressing how i feel um i'm interested in that having action in the world you know for me but also for other people as well who Mm. who might identify with things in my work you know I feel like it's my it's also my um contribution to what is lots of great work happening by lots of people in different movements here and around the world you know I feel like it's my part of some of those movements you know
0: yeah you've you use so voice language understanding meaning I'm just thinking you use british sign language um uh-huh. in your, what 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 was the motivation why did you feel that was important
1: um well I'd always been interested in in sign language british sign language um just just because i am always drawn to physical communication you know uh and and the body and and the things it can do without speaking words, you know, whether that's body language or dance, martial arts, um, and sign language is also this this physical thing that I couldn't understand, but obviously it's a a language. Um, And then I think the other thing that opened it up was Louise, Louise Stern, um, who's a a deaf writer and artist, and her and I were brought together on a little R&D by the Bush Theatre for one of her projects um, back in... I remember, it might have been 2014 or something. Um, and we really hit it off. Um, you know, we connected in lots of ways, and her and I are from the same school of thinking mm. of one, wanting to open our marginality out to people, to invite people in, rather than to have um militant, keep out kind of vibe. And so, you know, we just ha- always have a lot to discuss and so her so i guess that friendship and that creative space between us opened up um the possibility of of, of sign language in my work and so her and i she helped me on a live performance that i was making american man in 2016 and then um when it came to don't look at the finger um it just felt like an evolution of that collaboration um to, to go into to that to go into that work
0: yeah and and again works and and is inclusive and again addresses your, your uh, you, what you what you do through your work in terms of um, understanding marginalization and so on for me anyway um just mm. to change things slightly, I really loved oh. your TED talk, who am I think again mm. um, and the dance was you you and mm. when I saw it. For me, it was an artwork in itself, um, yeah. and in it, you said that art was about identity and language and challenging assumptions. Um, so, again, for me, here you're playing with voice, you're playing with identity, the idea of authenticity, the self and, and others in a really subtle and intricate way. I, 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 I find it hard to. I, I'm almost your number one fan, Hate. <laughs> Uh, I won't say totally number one safe. fan because I don't know what the it's, number one yeah. fan actually is. But I just, I absolutely loved that piece. I didn't realise, it, because it's part of a larger piece, isn't it? Mm,
1: mm. Yeah, it's, um, it, 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 it was a, an hour-long live performance, sort of a dance theatre piece that I've made. Um, and, and, so the, and the TED Talk is um, kind of an eight-minute distilled version of the key ideas in that, in that work.
0: And what was your intention? What did you, what was the, what meaning did you want people to get from that?
1: Um, it's a bit like, you know, um, the, as the title says, you know, who am I? Think again. You know, and, and that wasn't my title. That was Ted wanted to use that title. And, and I fought them <laughs> at first because, you know, my title for the, the larger theatre work was Be Like Water. Uh, I, I wanted that title, and they were like, "No, no, you know, this makes it more direct." And and in the end, I absolutely agree with them, and really glad they did that because that's kind of it feels yeah. like the essence of what the the talk is about, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and so it's, it's just you know, I think I, I think lots of people can relate to it. Or I, I think what was what was great about that talk for me was it wasn't just about people who are relating from it from an inside perspective. If you speak another language or if you are from a different culture the the TED audience that we performed it to was you know there are lots of um, powerful um, white people in that audience and so and and you know not probably sim- similar audiences around the world who will see it as well and so I like the idea that me and you you presenting ourselves you know it, it, I'll present in, 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 in ways that you don't expect yeah. can can have impact you know I like the idea that you could see an Asian man with a beard in a kurta pajama and, and think, and little thing might go through your head of, oh, I wonder if he knows Kung Fu, <laughs> you know, or, or, you know, that sort of thing, or what, you know, it's kind of just a little, even if it's a humorous change in your mind of a pre-existing assumption in your head, yeah. you know, it's, it's that, so it's, yeah, the purpose was to try to plant seeds for, you know, changing thinking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So again to change the subject slightly so um mm-hmm. I'm interested that you declined the British Empire medal and I'm mm-hmm. thinking about others from racialized groups whose work uh, you know addressed identity and speaks of inequity and so on um who accepted it so why did you why were you unable to to accept it
1: um I mean, you know, it's the title. It's, it's got the word empire in it. And I just, the thought of having the word empire in letters after my name was was just a bit gross. I mean, I know nowadays you could say that, you know, in realistic terms, it's not celebrated empire. But I'm not sure about that. It's like, I'm, you know, we, we, we're constantly told these things are immovable, that you can't change them. They're part of tradition actually if that was the case with lots of things imagine what what world would be in mm. you women wouldn't have votes. you know we wouldn't have you know where those black films that i was talking about we wouldn't have mm. those you know it's, it's kind of like things do need to be changed and, and, and i'm aware that in my position i'm also you know a role model for some people you know people do look to me mm. and i i think i do have to I do think about that uh, in terms of decisions like this. And, and, and I feel like, you know, I, I, I've I got no animosity towards people who accept their medals. You know, I, I also think it's equally important that in those higher spheres where people are acknowledged nationally um, that we're part of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I know good friends of mine who've taken uh, OB and things like that. And I, I've got no hate for that. Do yeah. you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: But I, I also think that, we have to project out there alternatives that we can get behind and, and have those examples. So, you know, younger artists, people call look up to me. I also want to be an example that you can turn that down, that you don't have to accept that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not about, I, I still am very moved by the, the nomination, you know, uh, you know, it's because it's, because then it's nominated by communities. So, you know, for me, it was a huge validation that the communities that I feel that I serve, um, I I feel acknowledged and seen by them. um, And so I'm hugely grateful for that. But that doesn't go away. But, you know, whether I take the medal or not doesn't change that. Mm. You know, I'm still seen by and connect with and with those communities. But um, I just... Just don't, Yeah, it just it just doesn't feel right. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Did you ever? Was there a moment when you thought you might take it? I just wonder whether um, there's mm. a, a there is um, having taken it. You know, you you you're then sort of, I suppose, regarded on the inside. And so, is there a a place for you know voices like yours on the inside?
1: If I'd have taken it yeah 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 absolutely absolutely and and you know i'm a strong advocator for that you know i'm, I'm not about generally i'm contradicting myself here but i'm not about cancel culture mm. uh generally you know i i am an advocate of conversation of, of influence of you know be it having a uh foot at the door what you call it, a seat at the table mm. um and and that's my mo generally And that's that's how I operate in other ways, you know, boards that I'm on, or um, you know, shows that I might do because I get to have the conversation with that curator or that institution to to, that might be part of instigating change. I do all of that, Mm.
2: Um,
1: but in in this scenario, it doesn't need me
2: um,
1: to to take that medal. Do you know what I mean? If if I was one of hardly anyone of Black or Asian descent of you know getting that medal then then maybe yeah i would maybe i'll take it uh but there isn't right
2: um
1: you know there's tons of people so my my having that medal i don't think would do anything for um that being on the inside thing if you like um but i think there would be but i think it potentially can have impact for me to not take it yeah if you like yeah um, because less people do that although having said that i did when i was you know, again, it was a weird situation because we are in full lockdown. It was, that, it was that time that Christmas was cancelled,
2: yeah,
1: um, and uh, that's when I found out. So I couldn't talk to many people about it, but I did research online, um, and I found out that over the years, it's it's getting the numbers are going up and up and up of who's declining, of really? how many people are declining, how many people are declining those medals.
0: I wonder if they'll but change the name of it.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't see them changing the name to no. be honest. Yeah. Otherwise, that you know, they will be called to overthrow the monarchy, let's yeah. change everything. You know, but I, but I think it's very telling that that number of p- is is on on the concrete, Increasing. Rise. Yeah. yeah,
0: that is interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Um, okay, so what next for Hatain then?
1: What next? I mean, you know, just keep going. <laughs> you know it's, it's funny like it's, 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 I guess people think uh, you know certain things that happen in your practice or your profile, your CV, people consider you as established and on it but actually I don't necessarily, sometimes I feel like that and I celebrate that but a lot of the times you just feel like it could end and you just need to keep pushing the momentum mm-hmm. and trying to and trying to keep going and uh, and so you know um, at the minute the, the big project that I've not started work on, uh, properly, but it, that is, um, that I want to get off the ground is the feature film. Um, so the jump, don't look at the finger and Trinity whilst they're their own films and part of the trilogy. Um, after the jump, I was sort of aware that I wanted to create some short films that could also act as kind of a nonlinear thinking ground for a feature film. And so now I'm at that stage. And so, um, you know Trinity is sort of part of a seed or a blueprint for the feature film Um, and so that's going to be a lot of work and so yeah I'm just just trying to be conscious about creating time for that
0: right really exciting though that'll be that'll be great to watch once it once it's out what what, um, time frame are you giving for that
1: I, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I'm aware that I need to give it a time frame, but it, um, I, think, I think, I don't know really. I mean, it, when, when you sort of re- research how long it takes people to make films, it's really like how long is a piece of string? It's, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Like, some things can get made really quickly to some things that take five, ten years. Now, the idea of taking five, ten years is not acceptable to me. Um, so there's not a chance it's going to take that long. Um, but um, what I'm, my process with it is trying to be on top of um, solid things. So, for example, the thing I'm working on at the minute is reading writing from different writers that and to look for someone who I'd like to collaborate with, co-write it with me. Um, and with a view to this year, that first draft being done. Um, and so, you know, I want the the writing to be really powering ahead and the way that I work on a lot of different projects at the same time, I'm also developing imagery already. Um, I collect images from different films and um, I collect choreography from films on video. So I'm already collecting different things and and writing ideas for scenes and things like that. Um,
0: So it's forming already.
1: That's right. That's right. It's kind of, um, I think I'm working on a bunch of, new commissions which all come to a head this summer june july and then from that point i'm going to be able to have a bit more concentrated time on the features i'm going to start really driving it from there yeah
0: thank you so much attain we've come to the end of this episode but we'll be continuing the conversation in the next the art of oppression podcast so to hear more from attain please listen in thank you
1: thank you